All right. All right. Me. All right, man. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, sir. All right. So I'll quickly get it started here, and uh, then we'll uh, continue from there. Once I introduce. We're still doing the test run, right? No, there's no test run now. The test run's done, man. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, so welcome to the Starving Brain Podcast. Um, so for everybody that's listening, this is my friend Jazz Mon Law now. Thank you for, <laughs> Congra- thank you for having me. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to kind of talk to you today about your journey uh, through all your schooling and whatnot to be at the stage you are. I know you just recently, you know, had a milestone, which I'll let you explain. Um, yeah. And then how you got there and from the perspective of like, you know, someone listening, uh, if they're interested, how could you, you know, sort of succeed in that field, where uh-huh. your aspirations are, where you want to go, type, that type of thing. But uh, uh, first and uh, foremost, bro, congratulations. Now that's, the, as I said, that's the, the biggest thing, right? Because yeah. big steps, but yeah, man. Um, so let's get started. Uh, so where are you exactly with within the law field right now um so right now i uh so i'll just start from the beginning okay um so obviously anyone that wants to be a lawyer uh specifically from ontario canada wherever um you obviously go to uni first Mm -hmm. Uh, you do your four-year degree in anything okay it can even be science yeah, okay, even if you're not going to law, um, and uh, you do your degree, and then you have to go to law school, right? Okay, it, so under okay. undergrad degree, and yes, anything uh, particular. It can be anything. Yeah. Okay, yeah. anything. Okay, so then yeah. where did you go to uh, your undergrad here? So I went to York. Okay. And I did my degree in Bachelor of Political Science. Okay. Cool. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it was pretty like you know simple four-year degree. Okay. Um, but you don't have to do that. You don't have to do criminology. You don't have to do anything in law. Mm-hmm. It can be in science. It can be in physics. It can be in math. It it don't matter. Okay. Um. So after you're done your four year degree, um, then obviously you have to go to law school. Okay. And the avenues for going to law school, essentially after a four year degree, mm-hmm. are you can either go to a Canadian law law school. Okay. For that which uh, uh, what, what what is required for that is the LSAT, which is the entrance exam for mm-hmm. any Canadian law school. Um, and the LSAT, I wrote my LSAT. Um, I wrote it in third year when I was in third year at York and in fourth year. Um, and that is one of the most, I would say even more difficult than the bar exam one of the most difficult exams that you will ever write um and unfortunately i didn't get a high enough score to enter into a canadian law school i was just wait listed um and so that is one thing that you have to do is you have to do the entrance exam so so lsat um let's make it simple here lsat wise uh so what are usually the grades that the Canadian schools look for versus uh, grades that like schools outside of Canada look for? Is there a difference? Or... So, yes. Okay. Yeah, it's a big difference. So 
um, in Canada, uh, on average, okay, you are looking at if you want to get into a Canadian law school, you have to have at least an 85 average okay, uh, to be in a good standing um, against all other students. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just your grades. That's just your grade point average um, in third year and in fourth year. Um, and the score itself in the LSAT, you need to be above 151. So it's scored um, uh, up to 180, which is the max. Okay. But you have to be above 150 or if I would say above 151. Okay. Okay. Um, so when I wrote my LSAT, I, the first time I wrote it, I studied for about, I think I would say four and a half months. Mm. Um, and then I wrote it and that was, uh, I got a score, I believe first time was 148. Okay. And my grade point average was about 82, uh, percent in third and fourth year cumulative. Um, and then the second time I wrote it, I got a 151. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so only a few score difference. Okay. Um, and then because of that, I got waiting listed at Windsor Law. Okay. Um, and Windsor Law is technically, at least in Ontario, the lowest, um, I would say the lowest scoring school. So they accept scores in the 150 to 155 mark. Gotcha. Um, but obviously, if you want to get into like, you know, Osgood or Queens, you're looking at at least you have to get like 160 and above. Okay. Right. And so that's that. And once you complete those two requirements, then you can get into a Canadian law school, which is, I believe it's three years. Um, and yes, it, it pretty much goes the same way. Like you get your, you get your summers off. Right. And then you are in law school for three. I think it's four years, actually. It's four okay. years. So then so um, you 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 didn't go that route. So where no, did you, I didn't. Did you, you so went the Australian route. So that's one avenue. Mm-hmm. Okay? And obviously, being a Canadian, you want to strive for that. But sometimes mm-hmm. it, 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 it does not work. Right. Mm-hmm. So the second avenue you can go to is you can go to an international school mm-hmm. and if you want to practice as a lawyer in Canada, the best places to go to are either A, England, which a lot of people go to. Yeah. Okay, or B, you go to Australia. Okay. okay. And the difference is that I know most people, they strive for England is because it is cheaper tuition-wise, living-wise, right? And obviously, it's closer to home, right? Yeah. Um. And in England, most people go to University of Leicester. Okay. Um, and over there, what you need, the requirement, I believe, there's no LSAT required for any of these international schools. Okay. Um, and for England, I believe you need, I would say, I think, 70 average that you would need. Third mm-hmm. year and fourth year, uh, uh, cumulative. And uh, yeah, most people strive for that route. Um, but... I did not choose that route because I wanted to do something different. Everyone goes to England, right? So I didn't want to see like, you know, all of Brampton in England. I wanted to do something (laughs) different, (laughs) right? Um, So, yes, I did spend a little bit more money and I ended up going to Australia. 
Aussie and, then, got you. <laughs> in Australia, I went to Bond University, okay. which is a private university. Okay. Um, and it's located in Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, the reason why I actually went there is because in that school, they teach you Canadian courses, right? In England, they don't teach you those. There's no option to get taught Canadian courses by Canadian uh, profs. Got you. Okay? That's what Bond does different. So and you how, how long did you stay there for? So in Australia... It's shorter than um, England. So in, mm-hmm. I believe England is three years. Okay. Australia is only two years. Okay. Um, and you don't get summers off, right? You only get, I believe, three weeks in between each semester. Got you. So basically straight through. Yeah, it's straight through. It's six semesters. Um, and that's how you save your time. All right. So, right. so okay. So now we've got that part of okay where you ended up how you ended up there great yeah. average and scores uh next question or next thing that i could ask you here is how did you first of all find the experience going to law school in australia second on a difficulty scale what was the most difficult thing you experienced yeah right while in school yeah. and like third would be if you were to do it again, would you do anything different? Okay. So, obviously, leaving your home. Mm-hmm. Right, we all live with our parents, most people. Yeah. Um, and obviously, going so far, like a 23-hour flight, it's far from home, right? Yeah. It's not very convenient. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I was very uh, nervous when I first uh, got to Australia. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day... Uh, Bond University makes it very easy for you mm-hmm. to settle in and, you know, find your accommodations. Everything is done step by step and they help you throughout the way. Yeah. Um, and obviously when I got there and, you know, I met a few folks from Ontario and uh, most people were actually from BC. Um, but yeah, there were some people from Ontario um and you're essentially your entire cohort so your co like your cohort is like your class mm-hmm. like everybody they're all canadians every single one one of them is a canadian okay and the bond made this program just for canadians um and it's very similar law to canada even more similar um than england mm-hmm. um even though they're all commonwealth countries Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, my I would say when I first started first semester, it, it is obviously much different than uni, right? It's more pressure, more readings, right? I think I was reading like I would say like two three hundred pages a week of just readings from like all the courses and such. Um, but it is a very helpful university. Like they don't just leave you, you know, stranded. Like, okay, yeah, go and do this and that's it. No, like, no help, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would, uh, I was still learning first semester, like what to read, how to, you know, do assignments, how to write essays, um, how to research. That was a big thing. Um, so, I mean, I learned, right? Eventually you get better. But um, my first assignment that I ever did first semester in freaking law school at Bond, I got a 51%. Okay, <laughs> so you were probably tripping out. <laughs> yeah, and that was a big uh, slap in the face. I was like, okay, clearly I'm doing something wrong here. 
Okay. Okay. Um, but you know, I I asked the props. You know, what, like, what am I doing wrong? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you but you learned eventually. Um, and, and the other question was, uh, what would you do different? Yeah. If you were to do anything different, or I guess like not not just for schooling, but if you you know had a few tips tricks for someone that would go to school uh, in Australia for law school, for example, like, like to maybe, yes. maybe being prepared or whatnot. Yeah. So like I just m- mentioned, I was reading a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I learned that there's a smart way to actually study and read. You don't need to read everything. That's yeah. what I'm Right? You only read the parts that are important and that will save you a lot of time. Yeah. That's what I learned. And I could have changed that um, if I was, if I were to change anything, that would be one thing is just change the way I did my work and how I studied, how, and when I, stu- when I studied and what notes to use, what notes not to use, like essentially smart, a smart, a smarter way of doing it. Of studying basically. Okay. Yeah. And then, right? uh, in terms of lifestyle and whatnot in Australia, I guess that was okay for you, right? Because you're kind of uh, in a warmer climate. So you had yeah. your, um, you know, peers there to kind of help you, I guess, yes. kind of get through it, right? Exactly. Okay, so cool. luckily I met, you know, one of my best friends now. Um, I met him there in in uh, in Australia. Mm-hmm. And the first semester I lived, uh, you can say on campus I lived. Um, because obviously as a new person in Australia, you want to get used to like the school and you don't want to live too far away. Yeah. Um, and the rent was, you know, reasonable, obviously expensive, but reasonable. Mm. Um, but uh, I learned slowly when I, uh, entered, you know, second semester, third semester, I moved out and I moved away from the school and, uh, I moved with, uh, my friend. And we moved to the beach and okay. uh, just, and then we bought a car together, like a cheap, I think it was like a cheap $2,000 Sonata that we bought. <laughs> and uh, that was literally just to get from point A to point B. Yeah. Just right? minimum, I mean, minimum requirement. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That's fine. I mean, as a student, you're trying to make the most out of the time and exactly. space, right? So you're not trying to spend crazy amounts of money, but yeah. Uh, okay. And then, Coming back here after uh, graduating from the university in Australia, yes. coming back here, uh, what were the steps, kind of simple steps that you could explain that yeah. you know, in a form of uh, getting to, uh, I guess, like level field of wherever you need to be with a law firm or what right. you need to do. So right. um, your tests and whatnot, yeah, go through that. So when I came back here, uh, once you graduate from a foreign law school, if it was mm-hmm. England or even if it was Bond, um, you have to write something that's called the NCAs, which are the National Accreditation Exams. Yeah. And those are essentially conversion exams, you can say. Okay. And that, how, those how are, many are there? So if you go to England, there's, I, I don't know the exact amount, but there's more than five. Okay. Uh, but if you go to Bond, uh, there are only five. And okay. those five are based on the five Canadian uh, requirements. Mm-hmm. So they are, the first one is Canadian criminal law. 
uh, Canadian administrative law, mm. Canadian constitutional law, uh, Canadian property law, and I believe the last one was uh, public law. Okay. Okay. So these five are the exams that you have to write. And this is when I say is a, at Bond, when I was saying that they offer the Canadian courses. Mm-hmm. When you're in your fourth or fifth semester, you have the option of taking certain electives, right? Some mm-hmm. people take IP law, some people take, you know, tax law, right? But I chose to take all these five uh, uh, um, electives. Mm-hmm. And they helped me study for the NCAs because I knew wow. I was going to write them anyways. Yeah, so you're pretty right. much like kind of doing those courses just to kind of get a head start, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay. Um, and I wrote, usually people take half a year to write the five exams. Mm-hmm. I finished them in two months. I just got I just got over with. And those exams are not a certain percentage that you need to reach. It's just a pass or fail. So okay. it's 50% that you need to get. Um, and you pass the five exams. And okay. then you can say you are on par with all the other Canadian law students that went to mm-hmm. law school here. So it's like a, a case study type of exam with multiple choice answers. I'm assuming. Yeah, there's multiple choice. Yeah. They'll, ask you que- they'll ask you questions. It's, it's an open book exam. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll ask you questions about, you know, the Canadian law. The, yeah, Canadian rules and whatnot. Yes. Like, you know, okay. Exactly. Yeah. So now, so now, uh, what what are you doing currently? So right? after, with the, the whole so, process. So after you write your NCA, so I wrote my NCAs last year in mm-hmm. January and fe- and fe- and February, mm-hmm. and then essentially comes the biggest step in your entire law career, which is writing the bar exam. Mm-hmm. Now it it doesn't matter which province you're in 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 Canada. Yeah. Um, I know for a fact that Ontario and BC um, have similar bar exams, right? But uh, I don't want to scare scare anyone listening to this podcast. But Ontario is the hardest bar exam in all of Canada, mm-hmm. um, and the reason for that, I'm assuming, it's because there's a lot of people that that live here. Um, yeah, um, and competition too, right? So, exactly. Yeah, they're not trying to make it too easy either. Exactly. Um, So I started studying for my bar exam, I would say, in the summertime and around July, August of last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's uh, I believe there's three sittings in the year when the bar exam is uh, done. Yeah. And the bar exam consists of two uh, exams. One is a barrister and one is a solicitor. Okay? Okay. You have to pass both. To be uh, to be licensed in Ontario. Got you. And then what? What's the just a quick uh, recap of what those individual things kind of yes. represent? So what what are the differences between those two, and what does it really mean in the simple form of someone who exactly. doesn't really know much? Yeah. So uh, barrister exam mm-hmm. of uh, criminal law. Okay. Uh, civil, uh, public law, and. Uh, yeah, that's it. Those three. Okay. okay. Um, and the uh, the other one. And the solicitor is, I would say, the harder one, and that's corporate law, or sorry, I would say business law, mm-hmm. uh, real estate, and estate planning. 
Okay. One of the three. Okay. Um, you you can choose, I guess, whatever field you want to work in after you pass both. That's after. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and you have to. Most people study for both, and they write both. Um, mm-hmm. in each sitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're usually two weeks apart, so they're so the bar exam sits in March, sits in June, and then it sits mm-hmm. no, in November. That might change in the future, but right now that's mm-hmm. how it is. How'd you how'd you find it? So when I wrote it first time in <laughs> in November, yeah, okay, I failed both. Oh, you failed I didn't both. Pass either. <laughs> okay. why, why do you, why do you think you failed both? Like, so the reason I did. The reason I did so essentially, um, barrister material is twelve hundred pages. Okay, oh, solicitor wow. ma- solicitor material is about thirteen hundred pages. Mm-hmm. Okay, and in Ontario, the loss uh, the loss society basically gives you the material as PDFs mm-hmm. now they do, and you gotta print it out and you gotta bind it, and that's how you study. And it's literally that's all they do. There's no help. It's just here. It's just here you go. Just know where everything is in the book. That's it. <laughs> so, so, that's it, it. so you're trying to memorize everything. Well, well, it's open book, right? Uh, yeah, but I mean, yeah. When, when you mean open book, like, can you be on your computer or no? No. It's more so like just physical PDFs, right? Yeah, you can only okay. take the paper. That's Got it. You. There's no okay. electronics, right? You can take like uh, you, you know. Some people they get passed down from previous uh, bar students, who like make like you know these charts and stuff to like ha- to like help you uh, answer the questions faster. Like sticky right? notes. Yeah, like stuff like that, right? Okay. But at the end of the day, what I learned after failing in November is you, reading the material once is definitely not enough. Okay, you, but when you you're gotta, reading, when you're reading the material. Are you yeah. reading to memorize or are you reading to understand? You're reading to understand and you're reading to know where everything is in the book. Okay. Because that is the okay. main part. Okay. So you're basically trying to understand that if I have a question regarding a certain topic, it's not more so knowing the topic 200%. It's more so how to access the book, uh, the page in the book, basically. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Exactly. That's a good tip, man. I mean, yeah. If you think about it, a lot of students probably going in trying to memorize the whole book. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, that, that you will, there's no way that, like, no genius can even memorize that much material. Like, it's way too much. Yeah, right? no, it makes sense, man. I mean, your brain can only comprehend so much. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some people, like, I, so in my November exam, I took my materials with me. Um, and let's, and I had something called indices, right? And these indices were passed, they were passed on from previous stu- students mm-hmm. and I got it through my cousins, right? A lot of students use indices, right? Mm-hmm. So indices are essentially, it's like an index, okay. but a very detailed one. So it will, so you, so if you read a question on the bar exam, for example, if mm-hmm. there's a word that stick that sticks out to you, you look for that word in the indices, mm-hmm. and it will take you to that page number in the material. Yeah, who who has time to make this? Well, it, it's been sent down. Whoever had time <laughs> made it, <laughs> right? <laughs> I definitely did not have time to make that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right? I'm saying, I guess I'm, that's that's crazy. I know, I know, 
and the indices themselves are like 100 pages, like 150 pages. So this basically just trying to make it easier to access the page. Exactly. Yeah, but sometimes and, stuff like that can confuse you. Sometimes. Because, yeah, if you don't really know, okay, it doesn't mean like you go blindfolded with just the, that material. You have stuff to know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Like, it works for some people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I wrote it with uh, two of my friends, and one of them used the indices, okay, and he loved it, and he passed both the uh, the first time, right? And uh, it works for them, right? But I, I found out that I was wasting more time. So you essentially, you have a minute per, um, per question, and there's 160 questions on the barrister and the solicitor. Okay. Right? Each. Okay. And you have a minute per question. They say minute thir- 30, but I would say a minute just to be safe. Mm-hmm. So you have essentially 20 seconds to read the question. Okay. And understand what it's saying. Okay. And sometimes the question can be like a paragraph long too. Right. And they're doing that just to screw with you. Yeah. Right. And then you have, let's say, I would say another like 25 seconds to go through the indices. If you, if you have it and look for the word and then go into the material and then look at the page, find the answer. By then you're at, you're all, you're already at a minute and 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you find the answer. You circle the bubble. Even the bubble takes five seconds to circle. So, so you got to count that in too. Um, <laughs> and then you find the answer. So I thought I was wasting more time doing that. And uh, I did run out of time. Right. I think I had about 20 minutes left and I had 30 questions still to go. So that was not a good, you know, uh, good uh, time ma- time ma- um, 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 management skill <laughs> right so I was as soon as there was like 10 minutes left I was just bubbling in random answers because oh wow so you, bu- how many how many uh, how many uh, questions did you get to, to until you realized so uh, I was at I would say one I think question 127 oh, I wrote wow. 127 properly. I, I like found the answer and then, you know, I bubbled it in properly, mm-hmm. but then I ran out of time. And then from there to 160, I was just bubbling randomly. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's better to bubble anything than leave it blank because you yeah. have a 25% chance of getting it right. So, so for the people listening, if uh, to really dumb it down from my, the way I understand it and I'll just dumb it down for, Anybody listening in the the fields that Jazz was saying, you know, you specialize and whatnot. So business or corporate law is just like basically facilitating the legal practices for businesses and corporations. Right. Straightforward, right? So civil civil right law is more so like the assets to individuals who do deal with like discrimination uh, or like constitutional rights. Uh, So Uh, I'll go through it. Okay. Yeah. So barrister, like I said, there's uh, public law, civil law and criminal law or okay. oh sorry wow i'm i forgot about family so, well, families well, in isn't group. there uh what about real estate laws because i know i so, most on the real estate law side too so real estate law is in solicitor so okay. uh, business law real estate law and estate planning is is the solicitor exam okay for real estate law just from my perspective just yeah. like dumb it down yeah it's usually just with uh like land and construction issues yeah related yeah. to like, like or tenant rights right yeah yeah um, all that 
Yeah. And then I heard there's also like uh, entertainment law. No, no, that's not. That's a, no, that's not a, like a area that uh, you have to study for, like for the you have to study for. But I think yeah. I think there are certain lawyers that like specialize. Yeah, in, like, yeah. yeah. Royalties, contracts, and stuff. Yeah, right? yeah. For, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, okay. So essentially, the bar exam is just your foundation as a lawyer. Like okay. you need to know these areas of law to practice anything in the future, because mm-hmm. they all relate to one another. So what what are you what are you now uh, specialized? Not I don't know if specialization is the word because I know or choosing the area to practice. Choosing the area to practice, yeah. yeah. What are you? So I'm for? doing civil. So I'm doing civil litigation. Okay. So that is basically so civil litigation and uh, corporate law they go hand in hand. Okay, right? cool. So what I'm doing is I am let's say if you want to sue somebody. Okay, for like okay. certain amount of damages. Yeah. Right. That's what that's what I do. So I okay. file a claim. I make a defense if you are if you are the one being sued, right? That's what you do, and that's all the the civil courts. And are you planning on staying in civil? Yeah. Or are you planning on uh, branching out to something else after? No, I will. I'm. I will stay in civil because civil. I find okay. it the most interesting. Okay. Um, and the least boring, mm-hmm. um, because there's always a different set of facts in every case. Not every case. So, so you, you, well, I mean, if you really, if you want something interesting, wouldn't criminal law be kind of interesting? Criminal law, yes. Um, if you're if you're into that, um, mm-hmm. criminal law is an interesting field. Mm-hmm. Um, but for myself, I found criminal law. If uh, if you really look at it from a financial perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, criminal law is uh, very slow with uh, your income. Okay, okay. Um, and, you know, sometimes, you know, you get these cases, like very small cases. And, you know, it's like in the beginning, if you if you practice criminal law, most likely you'll be in traffic court just starting there, like defending people on their like reckless driving tickets, stunt driving tickets, this mm-hmm. and that. Got you. Um, and then eventually, when you you know build a base for yourself and have the knowledge and experience, then you can move on to like you know, uh, possession uh, charges and you know stuff like that. Okay. Um, but so you can't you, know, you can't help me with speeding tickets. Uh, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I can't. Can. Of course, yourself. I can. No, I know you can, but I'm saying that's not what you're specializing in. No, no, you can. Yeah, you can still help. It's okay. I just help my brother, so it's okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, and so, so then, like, what your typical client, as you said, is someone who's you know, um, kind of, I guess, like someone trying to sue somebody for some sort of litigation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so cool. a certain amount of money. Right, mm-hmm. uh, like a breach of contract, that's a big litigation um, area. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I get those mostly breach of okay. contract. Gotcha. Um, and uh, yeah, those are like uh, very. Uh, it's a very tedious process in litigation. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you wanna, if you're the type of lawyer that just wants to sit in the office, and you know, some people are like that, which is good. It's fine. No, that's um, fine. Yeah, everyone's got a. Got everyone their has their own style. Style. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, right? There's a famous saying, right? Like nothing is more expensive than a cheap lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, Very true. So it's like one yeah. of the biggest mistakes I think everybody kind of makes early on because they think, oh, like 
uh, cool, man. This guy charges less, but sometimes yeah. it, it's like, you know, you're kind of paying for people's experiences and specialization in a field or whatnot, right? So, yeah. 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 No, that's, like, uh, that's I'll give you an example. Like, most uh, real estate lawyers, mm-hmm. right, they, I'm, they don't step foot in court ever. Yeah. Right. So wait, wait. Uh, what does what do, I know your father's in law as well, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, what What does he specialize in? So he does. Uh, so he has his own firm. He does. Uh, well, now because re- because real estate is very uh, pro- uh, very profitable. Yeah. Uh, he focuses on real estate. Real estate. And stuff. Uh, he does, you know, per uh, uh, purchases, you know, selling, gotcha. uh, refinance. Uh, Got gotcha. like gotcha. Cool. Like just uh, basically just taking care of like the uh issues pertaining to like just land rights development exactly okay cool cool. ownership yeah all right perfect and then so you're choosing kind of an opposite or not opposite like kind of a a different niche uh compared to your father right yes yes just because of the fact that i guess more the merrier in terms of how many people can specialize right so exactly (laughs) and and litigation leads you into court mostly got you like I think I'm I'm in court even for like the smallest thing like a um, simple adjournment. Mm-hmm. I'm in court at least two times a week. So right. so is this is this true that uh, the U.S. is a lot? Um, I guess you could say uh, open to you know how people sue each other and whatnot. I, I've yes. heard that but, yes. uh, compared to Canadian law, right? It's harder yeah. to sue here and whatnot for other things like oh I slipped on an elevator or yes. stuff like that, right? Okay, yes. cool. Well, it's because. It's because in the U.S., certain case law and precedents have been set already where it makes them easier to bring forth a case for, like, the minimalist thing, right? Mm-hmm. And that is also dependent on which state you're in in the U.S. Okay. Like, uh, New York and California are very similar to Ontario. Yeah. Those are the only two states that are very similar. But yeah. then if you look at, like, Florida, for example... You can sue anyone for anything. Okay, and and in terms of uh, this, is gonna be like a kind of an oddball question, but what's some of the funniest or I guess stupidest questions the clients ask you? <laughs> so the like, stupidest question they ask is like, am, "Am I gonna win the case?" Okay, so you don't do you like you have an idea, no? Like you have an idea. You do have an idea. Yeah, but you're not sure. Is that kind of on the judge? Yeah. So or, okay. You can never a lawyer can never say for a hundred percent. Mm-hmm. that oh yeah you will win this case like mm-hmm. you will win and you will get every penny that you are asking for mm-hmm. like that is very bad advice i would say mm-hmm. um and you can't say that the best response and most lawyers that uh the response that they give and this is our favorite word is we say it depends okay because it it truly does Right. Um, it depends on the merits of your case. It depends on the merits on the opposing party's case. Mm-hmm. Right. And so most cases, they, at least in my field, 95% of cases never go to trial. They get settled. Yeah, they get settled. They get most settled. people don't want to get to the trial aspect. right? Because it costs a lot of money. A lot of money. And, and in terms, okay, let's get, let's get to the little... Uh, let's get to the aspect of even money. Yeah, uh, I know it's a it, it's a misconception that people think like, oh my god, like you know. Sometimes I think people don't realize spending money on a lawyer can actually save you money in the long run, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, j- just they're here to do a job in the sense of 
trying to provide you a service that will help you somehow win yeah. a case that you might be losing more money on, right? Yeah. So uh, when when you do get, um, I guess, a client that approaches you to resolve a case, yeah. like what are, uh, I guess you could say, like what are your communication styles? What do you like kind of hearing from a client? And then what do you really kind of look forward to in terms of information that might lead you to that client? Uh, or I know, I'm not sure if, Lawyers can say no to somebody. Maybe you don't take on a case. But what do you what do you like to kind of hear from somebody to take on a case? Well, um, lawyers can definitely say no. And yeah, they can refer you to another uh-huh. lawyer. Yeah, that may have more experience in that field. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, a lawyer's job is when they first meet the client is to get the basis of the story. So it's like, tell me the story. What happened? Mm-hmm. Right. And then from there, um, you know, um, the lawyer will think about it and then he or she will think, okay, so now where can this case go? Is there a claim? Is this claim worth it? Mm-hmm. Right? Is it worth pursuing with this claim? Right. And then you think about, okay, what sort of evidence is there to prove that your client has suffered some sort of damage? Okay. Right? That he has lost money. Or in like, for example, in like a breach of contract case, how can we put my client in a position prior to the breach, right? Okay. So that's you are you as a lawyer are there to protect your client's interests. Okay. Right? And so after you know you have thought it over as a lawyer, then you would ask the client, be like, okay, do you want to retain me, right? So then you would offer. And now that retained fee is dependent on each lawyer, right? Mm-hmm. It can be $1,000, it can be $5,000, or it can be $10,000, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just all dependent on what the lawyer's hourly rate is, what's his experience, um, and what type of case it is. So it is a little difficult to say, like a ballpark, like, oh, yeah, this is how much, you know, it would be. Uh, this is how much it would cost the client. Um, but yeah, that's usually the process in the beginning. And then we start with communicating. And let's say if like, for example, if you want to sue someone and you have, you have clear evidence that this person breached, you know, uh, your contract and you have a signed contract, you know, it's binding on both parties. Mm -hmm. Right. Then we would proceed with, you know, you giving me a retainer fee and then we would proceed with filing a claim. Right. Okay. That would be the first step. We and and well, uh, like, inter like so, just because of the field now, I, I mean, you're in, right? Like, yeah. Um, I kind of wanted to ask, like, what's kind of one lesson your job has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life, even it doesn't, even if it doesn't have to to do with law. Um, I would say, wow, that's a very uh, uh. <laughs> I, wow. I like to throw these That's questions a... at people just i'm not i'm not particularly asking about like a lesson you know that somebody that's a lawyer and you said i'm saying that something that you learned from your job that's yeah. kind of taught you you know that what everyone should learn at some point in their life that could be helpful maybe i don't know maybe something you see maybe you something you experience from a, that lens or perspective that could kind of help somebody uh maybe be better uh, 
in something in their life. I don't know. Just right. Just to... um. Well, what pops up in my head is, you know, I've seen a lot of people that uh, you know they, like for example, like they get sued, right? Mm-hmm. And I've seen this a lot. Um, it's like they get sued, but then, you know, they think like, okay, like they've already like they know what they've done wrong, and they know that this was coming, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but then they just like sort of already have like this perception in their head that you're okay and now i'm gonna have to pay anyways because that guy has uh, freaking hired a lawyer mm. and um you know he is like he's backed up by a lawyer now like like i'm scared and like you know like like freaking out essentially mm. right i've seen this a lot right and clients don't realize that you, you getting you getting sued is not the end of the world like mm-hmm. that's nothing that's just scratching the surface. Yeah. Right? You getting sued is just a beginning of essentially a way for you to now bring forth your argument. But like, this is why, this is what happened. And telling the court is like, yo, this is the story. Like, this is my side of the story. Don't mm. ever it's the it's the end of the world. Because it's not. Yeah. Right? And I've seen that a lot with clients. Maybe they just panic because you know yeah, they're they panic. They've never really like, experienced something. Yeah, like before. like yeah. they're being like they're being served with a with a pa- with a paper that says you. you know um Ontario Superior Court. Of <laughs> it Justice. just it's in, you know and, it's and so, they get scared. It's intimidating, man. It's like yeah, I know. No, I know. Very very intimidating, right? And yeah. then it says even even on the paper it says if you fail to do this, there will be a judgment against you. Mm-hmm. Right, like yes, it's a very scary moment, but just realize yeah. that that's not the end of the world. Okay, and uh, two more questions before I let you go because I know you have a busy day ahead of you too. Yeah. It's hard to even get a hold of you, but yeah. um, for another question or a quick question was: as a lawyer now, as someone who's gone through it, um, and even in general, just from someone you know that's managed so much, what's your favorite productivity hack, bro? Like, what do you, what do you find that kind of makes you more productive, tick more? It could be anything, you know, just someone, someone listening. What could they do to be more productive as, as you, you might find? Uh, I um, I would say to be a very productive person, just be very consistent with your routine, mm-hmm. like every day. Okay. Like. I'm saying Monday to Friday, just be very consistent. Wake up in the morning, go to the gym, you know, same times. It might sound very boring and like I'm like 50 years old, Mm. but this consistency is what works. Okay. And to be productive in your job, you just have to be organized, right? Yeah. And I don't use any app to be organized, okay? All I use is my own way of like so i'm sure everyone who has a mac okay they know there's something called stickies mm-hmm. right on the uh, on the on the on the on the laptop mm-hmm. right and i use stickies personally okay yeah every, everyone has everyone has their own yeah, way yeah yeah time management right? but, but okay you need something to stay organized mm-hmm. okay because you're going to have so many files so many cases so many dead uh, deadlines mm-hmm. okay and your best friend is going to be your calendar. Everything has to be in your calendar. Like, 100%, 100%. I've actually noticed that. I've noticed yes. a lot of people who use uh, 
it doesn't have to be an online calendar. No, uh, no. People could use a physical calendar. Yeah. People could use uh, your phone. I yep. would, I would, I would be hesitant to kind of use a phone all the time, just because there's so much going on, anyways, on your phone. Yeah. But uh, it makes sense if it's like you know synced across your devices. But a physical calendar, um, yep. even for myself, bro. Like uh, for me, writing down everything on my calendar. Yes. Uh, just just helps me organize my days better with timing, right? Yes. So that so like, so like it, I use like like for work, obviously all the emails are done through Outlook. Mm-hmm. So I use the Outlook calendar for gotcha. work stuff. Got gotcha. you. And then I use the iCal, like the one with iPhones and such, for yes. my personal calendar. Okay. Right? So so what I've what I've done, uh rather than uh use the Outlook and um the Mac calendar is I've integrated Outlook as a uh, calendar in my um, uh, calendar app yes, for yes. the uh, Apple ecosystem. So essentially right, right. Um, Outlook can update on the side and then you have different uh, variations on the side in different colors. Yeah. Um, and then you have your time zones where you can select. So it's helped me a lot too, actually. And I, and I, I agree with that. I, I think uh, having a calendar and writing things in your calendar just first of all help you remember stuff for work, but just organizing your day and giving yourself breaks, right? So yeah. yes, uh, all right. And the last question uh, is: it's going to be a fun question. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to keep asking <laughs> crazy questions here. Um, but just a fun question, just to kind of get our brains rolling here is: you know, as, as someone who chose this law field and whatnot. And obviously, I know I know you through a certain lens. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, me and Jazz have been friends for a long time, but we met through our hobbies, hobbies, passions from cars. Um, obviously, you know the cars have gotten better and expensive, whatnot. But the the love for the the hobby stayed the same. Um, so I would say, uh, what occupation uh, other than yours would you like to try? would have tried if you were not a lawyer sorry man i uh i think there's some problem in the connection before but yeah we're back okay. um yes okay so yeah so what um what career or job would you choose if uh you were not a lawyer so yeah so like i was saying i would be a pilot um <laughs> that's uh, that's all this that, that that that's always been my dream before i was uh you know, kicked into law. Because, <laughs> kicked uh, into law. Yeah. Um, you know, because my dad's a lawyer. He's like, oh, do you really think a pilot's job is going to uh, get you the lifestyle that you want? I'm not saying I, <laughs> a pilot's job doesn't. Okay. Um, all you pilots, at least you guys get to travel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's what I wanted to be. Okay. And uh, even that, I can still pursue that. Now I can get my PPL, my private pilot license, which I'm going to be doing next year. I'm going to be doing that too. All yeah. right, then I guess we'll yeah. do it together. Yeah, bro, Brampton flying. <laughs> All right, if you see a plane crashing out of the sky, we're too proud. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be us. <laughs> that's okay. Now that's definitely uh, that's good, man. I mean, I guess uh, now I have another person to join. Yes, that <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's good, man. That's good. Uh, I mean, I appreciate you taking the call. I appreciate you no uh, doing this. I know you were. Um, kind of uh, working today late Uh, but yeah man uh, definitely a good conversation about everything and 
Yeah, I appreciate it. And again, once again, congratulations to, you know, where you've come from, especially from how, when I've known you from and how yeah. hard you've worked. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, bigger and better things only, right? Exactly. So, and um, if anyone listening, if you guys have like, you know, further questions or, you know, anything like that, um, I'm not sure if people do. They like send you a, like a question like is there like a form so so i can put like a poll uh in the is there a question you want me to put in the poll for example like you know for a, a, a thing we'll we'll list your uh in details uh, yeah. at the end as well we'll uh put uh your, what's your instagram uh handle yeah um it's uh, at uh it's only just jazz okay cool yeah and um uh, in terms of how they can reach you for any uh, law related questions or information yeah you can can message me like you can dm me on instagram Mm -hmm. um i'll be happy to answer it there um you can also just email me um and my email is uh, man m-a-n-n jazz j-a-s 34 at gmail.com Okay. You can always email me too. I'll I'll happily answer any any questions you have. Okay. And if anyone from you know uh, this podcast is emailing Jazz, please email him only regarding pro- appropriate questions and not like, hey, buddy. Not Lee. Uh, not not Lee. Uh, would you like to invest in my crypto? Or, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or something like that, please. Yeah. I mean, just uh, some, anything professional. It could it could even be just questions regarding law. I mean, I know Jazz is more than happy to talk about it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. so absolutely um and yeah man thank you for uh coming on the podcast we'll no definitely problem. do another one uh we'll get everybody together we'll get uh mandeep once he comes back from, yeah. from australia Austin. as well we'll yeah. try to get his wife i know she's a doctor out there i mean we got a lot of people in crazy professions now so yes uh we'll get together maybe not talk about just uh careers or just like you know lifestyle yeah. likes yeah. and stuff that's yeah for sure absolutely Perfect, man. Okay. Thank you for jumping on. As I said, you guys uh, need to contact Jazz. Just give you his information. And uh, I'll list it in the description as well. Um, And and, uh, for all your law needs and uh, whatnot, just uh, easy, man. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks, Okay. Bye. Bye.